On October the 31st, 1517, Martin Luther posted 95 big questions which he believed faced the church of his day to a local church door in Wittenberg, Germany. 500 years later, I decided to post 95 new questions, one a week, to the web, questions which I believe the church must face in the 21st century. Tomorrow, my new book, The Lost Message of Paul, is launched. The question it poses is simply this. Has the church misunderstood the Apostle Paul? And as I've explained over the last few weeks, I think that the answer to this question is yes. We have misunderstood Paul. We've misunderstood Paul badly. We've fallen into the trap of reading his words through our own set of modern day assumptions. We need instead to go back and to begin with Paul's worldview, to work as hard as we can to see things the way he saw them. What if, for instance, the modern day construct, which we call original sin, and the concepts of human depravity, the wrath of God, and the ultimate exclusion by God of everyone who's not a signed up Christian, were never part of Paul's thinking? What if the whole idea that we're only saved by our personal faith in Christ, as Luther and the other Protestant Reformation thinkers argued so strongly, was based on a mistranslation of Paul's words and an even bigger misunderstanding of his thinking? Just yesterday, I got a tweet about all of this that read this way. Hello, Steve Chalk. I really don't think you want to hear my opinion, but I think your theory is wrong. Original sin and saved by faith in Christ are core issues in the biblical message. I replied, please read my book rather than jump into conclusions. You might be surprised. But then came a response. Thanks for your reply. I'm struggling though to read a book that seems to set up anti-biblical theories, even in the teaser. What I read is the infallible word of God. Shouldn't we study God's word in depth rather than a book that seems to teach the opposite? I wrote back, understood. So try reading, for instance, Romans chapter 3, verse 22 in the latest New International Version, which though it tells us in its main text, we are saved through faith in Christ, then adds in a little footnote, or through the faithfulness of Christ. And I could have added that this, in fact, is not some new fad in modern Bible translation snuck in there to help people like me, but simply a return to the way that the ancient Bible text chose to translate Romans 3 before Luther decided to abandon their wisdom. In fact, to quote the biblical scholar Tom Wright, when Paul speaks in Galatians and Romans of Pistus Christu, that's the little Greek phrase which Luther, Luther chose to translate faith in Christ, he normally intends to denote the faithfulness of the Messiah. So there it is from Tom Wright. According to Wright, it was Luther that got it wrong. I put it to you again, 
that although Paul has so often been presented as the champion of judgment and exclusion, the anti-sex, anti-marriage, anti-women, anti-gay campaigner, he was in fact the very opposite. He was the great includer of everyone. It's an extraordinary thing. But if you read any of the letters of Paul contained in the New Testament, you'll discover that he never gets more than a sentence or two before he blurts out his message about grace. God's undeserved, uncontainable, unconditional, irrepressible love. In his letter to the Romans, he gets all the way to verse 5 before he can't help himself but comment, through Jesus, we have received grace. <laughs> but then in his next letter, the first letter to the church in Corinth, he gets no further than verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he exclaims. And in his second letter to the same church, he only makes it as far as verse 2. And so the pattern continues. It was on that road to Damascus where Saul, as he liked to call himself back then, was overwhelmed by his encounter with Christ, that his life and attitude were turned around. That's when his angry and judgmental, legalistic and condemning attitude came to a shuddering halt as he encountered God's grace for himself. From that moment on, he becomes the lifelong, enthusiastic follower of Jesus, the liberator of the world, the great includer. Transformed by his encounter with Christ, he leaves his days of Pharisaic finger-pointing far behind, and now he calls us to do the same. Over the coming weeks, we'll explore all of this in more depth. And I believe that as we go, we'll encounter Paul's counter-cultural, revolutionary, world-changing message for ourselves. But for now, a simple question. How has your understanding of Paul's writing influenced your view of the church? To order a copy of my book, The Lost Message of Paul, or the six-week video series, built around its themes, visit www.openchurch.network slash lost message of Paul.